you guys are uber famous. So is the Oprah thing a joke? Or are you guys legit? I, you know, I can't. Daddy, I can't believe you asked that. It's super, it's super embarrassing because Oprah's down on the list. I mean, Dolly Parton really fangirls Kristen Zeman. Got so it. We're gonna we're gonna light the Dolly candle. Okay. Yeah. The hollow buddy. Welcome, Maddie. Welcome to the Hollow Bunny Leadership Podcast. I am your host, Kristen Zeman, with my esteemed co-host, Sylvia Moyer. And our millions of listeners would love to hear a little bit about Maddie's background. So take it away. I'm going to take it away. And as everyone looks at your face or they're just listening, they get to really hear about Maddie Fiorenza. He's been a firefighter paramedic for 21 years in Anaheim, California. He's a remarkable guy because after about 10 years on the job, he started experiencing some issues. He recognized that he was having some things come up for him, some anxiety, some stress, and some other things. Uh, He was then diagnosed uh, with a pretty significant case of post-traumatic stress disorder, and he'll talk about that a little bit. But what did Maddie do with that? And what are the lessons we can learn as human beings, as individuals, and as leaders? We can learn a lot from Maddie's story, Maddie's experience, and what he did with this stuff that started coming up for him. So Maddie talks about how after 13 years of marriage and three kids, he experienced a divorce, a real significant and traumatic event in his life. And he talks about that. He didn't know that at that time, it would help drive his passion, which has become helping first responders and their families. Maddie, now, as you look at this guy and you say he is twisted steel and sex appeal, we say, yes, he is. <laughs> he is a fierce, fierce human being. Um, and Maddie, in being this in- incredible uh, warrior, recognized that as a sober mentor to men and women in the first responder community, he had a real story to tell. And he spent several years with, as a shepherd, and he'll talk about that, um, at Save a Warrior, the Save a Warrior program. He helped start a very successful successful first responder-only trauma center in Newport Beach, California. He's an instructor. He's a speaker. He's an influencer. Uh, I came into Maddie's space in a remarkable way and immediately knew that this man uh, was a man of significance. And so we're going to explore a lot of that. I will tell you that Maddie has a passion for this first responder community. He has a story to tell. His bunny is solid. So Maddie's going to talk about that. He's going to talk about resilience and hope and this path toward healing. And what a delight that the broader Hollow Bunny Leadership Podcast world gets to meet this incredible man, Maddie Fiorenza. Maddie, welcome. Welcome. Welcome, Maddie. Thank you guys so much. For those who don't know, the Hollow Bunny Leadership Podcast is just that. You you called him a solid bunny, but we often look at leadership and and sometimes people in our lives and in our spaces, and there's a lot of of show and no go, and it's, it's kind of the equivalent to the empty suit. And so we came up with this Hollow Bunny 
concept. And I just want to say from the get go, I mean, you know, we've just met, but just listening to your background. Uh, yeah, you're a solid bunny. So, um, man, I, I, I can't wait to hear your story and how you got from there to here. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if I can top old Carmen. She, uh, Carmen, <laughs> I was listening to her. She's feisty. I want to meet her for sure. Oh, she's, she is saucy. She's badass. You know, I, and I was just in Chicago, so I have some family background there, but, um, wow. Thank you guys. Uh, yeah. Listening to all that stuff, you know, um, I'm sure there are parts of my bunny that are still hollow, but I recognize that. And, and I think, um, where I was most successful in becoming a quote unquote leader would be in my humility, you know, knowing that, you know, knowing my limitations and asking for help when indicated. And, um, and that's, you know, the most successful times coming out of uh, depression, anxiety, PTS, all that stuff. Um, and looking back is when I was most humble, you know, and I think whether or not people want to, acknowledge that because most people i don't know especially and this is my perspective right in the first responder world um as a weakness you know being humble as a weakness and not so much you know you talk to navy seals and guys in special forces they're super humble people they, you know so it's like guys look up to them but yet i don't they that part of it is kind of lost um so, yeah. you know, I think that's a you said something you said something that I want to pause on because I want to make sure people heard it is that, you know, sometimes your bunny isn't a wholly solid and that happens to all of us. It just means that there are some days then when we're bringing our absolute best and sometimes that best is just showing up somewhere. So, you know, that is not to say that, you know, you have to be that person for everyone at all times. So it's important to, to highlight what you just said. And I want, I didn't want anybody to miss it. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so, I mean, just, a, I'm a little bit on my background. I won't get into too much, but my dad, um, was a Marine, uh, a veteran of, uh, Vietnam war. Um, I come from a long line of, um, service members. Um, I lost my uncle, uh, who followed my dad in Vietnam. He, he died there at 19 and so I always knew I wanted to be of service. Um, my dad and I didn't have the best relationship. It, um, growing up, he um, went on to become an, uh, an Orange County Sheriff Deputy and, and was uh, a Sergeant Medal of Valor for the Orange County Sheriff's Department and ended up passing away very young at 54 years old. Uh, yeah. He had a big heart attack and, and died. So, uh, so that, I mean, Irish, Italian, Catholic family, you know, uh, let's go, right? It's uh, never a dull moment. That's for sure. And, uh, but like I said, I always wanted to be of service. I almost joined the Marine Corps and I thought, you know, I'm not a big fan of metal flying at me at high rates of speed. So I'll just <laughs> run into the burning buildings. Bullets. Yeah. Bullets. Bullets. Got it. Okay. But, I mean, if you want to get with the five, five, six, like, you know, if you guys want to get technical, I know you guys like that kind of thing. So but, <laughs> I don't know. Metal flying fast. Hang on, I'm going to, Dab some gun oil behind my ears here, real quick. Wow. Okay, carry on. I know. <laughs> so an earlier podcast, I heard some some foreplay stuff about sirens and stuff. Man, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, I digress. So, anyways, yeah, I, I joined. I uh, decided to join the fire service instead, and um, and put on a uniform again. And uh, I went to. I was a sheriff. I was a explorer for the sheriff's department in San Bernardino County for a very short period of time. I think that's where I went 
yeah, I don't know if this is for me, but um, yeah. So you chose fire service, yeah. an equally, uh, I think, masculine endeavor, which as you're speaking about humility, Maddie, there's a, there's a really interesting piece there that uh, we have some professions that really struggle with how raw and vulnerable can, and humble can one be in carrying out the service. I think that's what you're, is that what you're yeah, kind of reflecting? Yeah, for sure. It's like um, in, in regards to leadership, you know, I, and we talked about this a little bit, Sylvia and, and I, um, I, I didn't set out to be a leader and, and what I became a leader in was not, not on the agenda, you know, and it just happened organically. And a lot of it came from, I mean, most of it came from humility and vulnerability. That's where I connected with people. Can we pause there for a second? So you said it, what you became a leader in was not really what you expected. So I'm guessing you were thinking like dr hose dragging stuff, dragging a hose and putting wet stuff on what do you do? Like red stuff, yes. like putting out fires, some, some kind of technical or tactical piece is what I'm guessing. Yeah. But I think what we have come to know with you and what our listeners are really going to grasp is your leadership organically emerged through your struggle, your suffering, your humility. And so you're a leader in what space, Maddie? Um, I would say in the mental health space for first responders. Okay. Um, and I remember talking to one of my mentors, LAPD officer retired. He's like, you know, an, an expert witness, Maddie, is just someone who knows a little bit more than the average person. And I was like, okay, well, I've been through it. I've read a lot of books. You know, I put down the video game controller and, and I think that these things called books. They got really good information. <laughs> and I started reading about, you know, this stuff. I started having different experiences through my own uh, work, you know, through 12 step, um, the work I was doing at Sable Warrior. Um, I just, I, and what I didn't know is that I was, that this whole, career as a first responder was just setting me up for what I was going to do later in life, you know, and, yeah. and that's, you know, a day at a time. And, um, and it's, you know, that like going on medical aids and being able to, as a paramedic and being able to put the pieces together, get on scene, find out what's going on and take action with the appropriate action. Um, it, it just helped me later on when we were, like, for instance, at Save a Warrior and we are, we have, you know, one of the uh, first responders or veterans there and we're, we're trying to help them process something and they swallow hard, right? It's like that right there. That's what I want. Mm -hmm. you, that's what I want you to give voice to, you know, and, and I wouldn't yeah. have been able to pick up on stuff like that had I not done the, the career and I did what I didn't even know, you know, things that just you innately start looking at as, as a first responder, you know? So, um, yeah, it's. Maddie. Yeah. So when you said, it, obviously you're a leader in this space and, you know, in order to become a leader, you know, you have to emerge as one, but first, you know, you must be a good follower. 
was was there someone or something you mentioned reading books is that what enlightened you into wow this is this is affecting me did someone lead you down that road to get the the help that you need or needed or did you was it like a rock bottom situation where you just said there is nowhere else to go um you know and so did you look at that as a new beginning you know tell me how how you how did you get you know the awareness to even become you know present in that space um I'll tell you the worst night of my life. The worst night of my life. Thank you to um, CHP for pulling me over and giving me a DUI. That was the night that changed my life. And um, and it, it was the dark night of the soul, you know. But it had to happen. Mm -hmm. It had to happen. That mm -hmm. was the worst night of my life, and it changed my life forever. And. Um, how long ago was that? That was in 2016. Yeah. Wow. You know, that especially resonates with me. And just so, as, a, as a personal aside, my father was a police officer and an alcoholic. And my mom and I would find my dad on the front lawn um, of our yard and uh, in, in the morning. And they didn't do him any favors. He, I can remember one night he hit six parked cars. Um, thank God no one was hurt, including him, but they didn't help him. They threw him in the front yard and we found him the next morning. And when I hear your story, um, my dad ended up killing himself. Um, and I wonder if those cops would have done what they, should have done instead of dropping him in the front yard if he would have gotten the help that he needed and so uh just that aside that resonates with me so strong what a gift that was yeah. for them to to give to you oh i'm an emotional guy and i'm so sorry oh no it's it's this is where the resilience is built and this is why i've spent my life trying to combat this the same as you i haven't personally gone through it like you have but just just what you said just sparked that in me is that sometimes sometimes to help people you know you have to do the unpopular right. thing and you know what to the defense of the guys who did that and still happens today it's in the drinkings in the culture first of all we have a bunch of of people that have brain injuries, PTS is a brain injury, and and they're used all different kinds of ways of dissociation, and drugs and alcohol are an easy one. So, so when a guy shows up to work and we just put him to bed, we we just we just don't know what we don't know. That's just a good old boy way of, of doing things, you know. And that I was very unpo unpopular, you know. I lost a lot of friends when I came back to work and. And, um, and we can, we can talk about it a little bit because I'll talk about it forever. Sylvia knows this is the thing that brought us together. But, um, you know, I would, when I came back from my own experience as Sable Warrior, I, I didn't think I'd make it back to work, number one. And then I did. And the guys were like, what happened to you? You're not the same guy. Like I was just sitting at the table quiet. And then I would go out into on like on the out floor or outside the window, outside the station by the barbecue and just sit there and meditate. And they're like, what the hell are you doing? What like what are you doing? Did you get did you get shit oh, for that? Yeah. Or or Okay, you did. Yeah. Cause that's guys would make Yeah, that's important oh, to know. I, you know what? Okay. I, was so, yeah. I was living life in the higher vibrations and I knew what I had been through. And then when you mm -hmm. when you experience meditation and you experience a um 
a daily practice and a group of people that are in a in that community and you're doing the work you just start having empathy for people you you become the observer you know and you're just like and when they're making fun of me i'm just thinking oh you poor guys you know oh i love that that is the epitome of true strength when when you can do that when you can say listen you know if it's not for you great but you know where you don't you know what they say about fitting in and belonging right is like so many times we try to fit in and so we you know we don't want to make ourselves stand out but belonging is to be able to do exactly what you're doing and have people accept you you know and hey if you get shit for it you know, it was cares, right it was, yeah, it was working for me and you know what we break down at save a warrior is mm-hmm. essentially um, anger is fear and sadness the only way through sadness is tears mm. and underneath the fear is shame and shame is, is feeling like you're going to get disconnected mm. from the, from the tribe. If you guys know what's going on mm. inside of here, you'll kick me out of the tribe and you, and, and you won't let me be part of it. When in fact, it's the exact opposite that happens. When I tell you my truth, we connect because me too, you know, oh. you know, you know, Maddie, it, it is, uh, it's striking. And I, I get Kristen's response and my hunch is that a lot of people are going to listen to this and have some real connection with you uh, because it's striking because you did for you. You started building your own practice, your resilience, the way that worked for you. Orin J. Sofer says this. I want to offer this for you. And then on the other side, I want to get your response to it because there's a real Maddie lesson. There's a, probably a, a real leadership lesson here. Orin J. Sofer said seeking relief from pain or discomfort through distraction or pleasure helps a beleaguered nervous system. And he said the danger is when the choice to seek relief becomes a chronic reflex to anything uncomfortable. Over time, we become incapable of tolerating even the smallest amount of pain without immediately doing something to change it. And what you have offered and what I have seen you offer is that you have to feel the pain, let it pass, and that the presence is essential to navigate these places of pain. We've talked about that. Do you have a response to that in in you? And what could you offer for people to really contemplate regarding what Orange J. Hofer said and your experience kind of? Uh, weaved together. Yeah, that, I mean that's fantastic. I mean that's that says it all, right? You gotta you gotta feel it to heal it. First of all, mm-hmm. um, what does that mean? It means that pain is a really good teacher, and that's how we're designed. We're not we're designed we're not designed we're designed for struggle. We are designed for struggle. We're not designed to be separate and isolated we're designed for struggle we're, we're designed to to work as a tribe as a community um and 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 pain's a good teacher so i had to be in a lot of pain you know and it was after my dui i still you know i still went out there i didn't think i was an alcoholic you know i but as i got in in more and more pain and then ended up getting into the rooms and then and then seeing a therapist and then starting the work starting to meditate right and and then the physical pain i was having started to to dissipate a little bit because it's all we're all you know it's the longest 18 inches you'll travel from your brain down your heart you know but pain is maddie then why why is it what you just said when you said it's innate this the that we have to walk through pain 
why is that so hard for people to get? It is that I will avoid pain oh, at any cost. Yeah, I will. I, I, so if this is something that is so natural and innate for us, we're, we avoid I it. I mean, that's, that's why we turn no. to the bottle. That's why we do all of the things. No. So it's like, it's so counterintuitive. Yeah, is, I love this. Stuff. It's grief. People don't grieve properly. PTS is unmourned grief. We don't want to cry our tears, especially men, because we are told if you cry, you're a pussy. Suck it up. When that's not, it's not true. Warriors went out back in ancient times and they fought wars. They were humble people. They came back. The elders of the tribe did ritual with them. They wept with these men. And when they were ready and processed, they let them back out in the tribe. And then eventually those guys became the elders. It's, we don't, we've lost that in our culture. Let's take this pill, grab this bottle, watch this porn, chase this chick. You know, it's just, there's so, and it's, go on Instagram, Netflix for hours. Like, pick your poison. You know, I had a buddy who, yeah, numb, numb out. Uh, dissociation is just how you numb out. How do you numb out? What do you do when no one's looking to try to stop this from, from going? When this thing is just doing what, exactly what that passage said. The more we, the more we set up these neural pathways and it's just, it's, it's a pathophysiology of addiction. When this happens, I reach for this. And those are very hard things to break without a lot of work and a lot of dedication. And, and this idea that, you know, that if you make a mistake, you can't get back up and keep going, man, I've, I've had the worst, one of the worst years of my life, but you know what? I'm back. I'm, I'm back. And I, you have to have a couple of the dark, dark nights of the soul. You don't just get well. Resiliency is just, it's a, it's a ongoing thing, you know, it, so, but I can look at my part in things. I can make amends to the people I need to make amends to. I could, how am I going to do things differently? Because the universe, God, whatever you want to call this whole journey that we're on, it's just going to keep pointing back to the same stuff. Like you're, how are you going to handle it this time, Maddie? Are you going to drink over it? Are you going to, are you going to get angry over it? Are you going to look at your part in it and be empathetic, show some compassion, you know, and then you'll get the next lesson and then the next one, but we're still moving in this, in this kind of trajectory. And that I, I call it the secret sauce and how, what Sylvia and I connected over when I saw her on a, on a, um, an interview with the 10% happier guy. And, uh, I'm like, I'm in love. This is a, this is a police chief who's talking about teaching meditation to her, to her people, you know, and, and I just wanted to get a hold of her and I, you know, it, meditation is the secret sauce. It helped me to be in my body, to drop down into my heart, to get out of this thing when knowing the, the, the physiological changes that happen in our brains from trauma, from having a career like we have, and then reaching for things that are not good for us, you know? It's so bizarre to me, the resistance to meditation because, and, and so what I've tried to do is you know, tell officers uh, that it's just called tactical breathing. You know, what's that thing you do when you're on the range and you're trying to steady yourself and, you know, hit center mass? What's that thing you do when you're scared out on the street? You control your breathing and, and, and you become still and aware. And it's no different when you're going through an emotional event, but for some reason, even though people practice it every 
every day, you know, just by calling it meditation, people think it's, it's woo woo when, you know, it's actually, yeah, it's the it's, very same I mean, thing. And I can, I teach, you know, I teach meditation to first responders and I can go into this, you know, there's so much to it. And I stick to the science behind it when I teach first responders I stick to it behind it. Mm -hmm. And then, but I know what it's doing. I know the other things that, and, and I'll tell you, why are people so resistant to meditation? Because it's not all freaking rainbows and unicorns. It, there are moments of where did that just come from? I don't want to sit with that. It goes back to the pain thing. Where did that come from? I don't want to sit with it that. It does. Because, because yeah. a part of us is whole, perfect, and connected to the universe. And it's in here. The answers are in here. They're not out here. And that's why I became a leader yeah. was because I started looking within. I'm not looking, not looking at this person. Oh, not looking at the, I just started trudging the, my own path. You know, you know, how you look at people sometimes you're like, how did that guy, how did that girl, how did that woman get there? Like, I, you know, it's like, you listen to these stories. Oh, oh, yeah. buddy. And I, and <laughs> only so long that oh, you buddy. can, if you're, if you're not true to yourself, if you're not your authentic self, if you're not working at daily practice, if you're, it's going to catch up to you. People are going to find out that you're, you're a hollow bunny. <laughs> And you make a really good point about the resistance to yeah. uh, being still because you're only left with your own thoughts and feelings in those moments. And you're exactly right. All the times that you want to numb out, you know, and forget the pain. But when you are still and silent, you are very much sitting in all of that awareness. And that's painful. But as we know, the only way to get to the other that's side it. is to go you know? through. And that's when the wisdom comes up. When you can settle your thinking down enough. That's when the wisdom comes up and it's non-linear. It, you can have an aha moment that'll change your life sitting in a 20 minute meditation. Wow. Or you, it's terrifying, but you know what? Right. Your brain is processing things. It's putting things where they belong. You know, I, I, like I said, I'm so passionate about it. I, I love it. And I, and Maddie, you're, you're such an interesting figure in this space because one would look at you <laughs> and, and think, wow, that, that, that's a studly dude. But, and one would, I think, assign some common masculine kind of descriptions of you, quite deserving, <laughs> by the way. And so mindfulness practice is simple, but it's not easy. Meditation is a pathway to mindfulness, and mindfulness being that, that uh, about grounding ourselves where we are in a readiness to... Uh, respond to the situation that we've been called to. That's this mindfulness yeah. thing, right? And you're speaking about what's so fascinating. Kristen talked about it. You talked about it. It has been the hallmark of a lot of our practices. I call it the gotta goes. My friend Diz said, I got the gotta goes. You know, when you get that frantic kind of, I gotta go. I don't know where I have to go, but I gotta go somewhere. I gotta move. This thing that you're talking about in meditation pathway to mindfulness, pathway to resilience, all these things. It is about noticing that thing that comes up in the gotta goes, noticing it, mm -hmm. saying thank you, breathing it, and letting it pass. Feel the pain and let it pass. And there's a real strength in what you teach for people. There's also a real leadership lesson in that. And if we say that leadership really is viewed as an activity rather than a set of traits, you're a leader, Maddie. And so when you consider that, what do you think is 
the big leadership lesson for those people that are listening right now. And I don't know, they're ramping up their treadmill and they're, they're trying to just get through it and they're listening to you. What are, what are some of the quick leadership things that you have to offer them relates to all this stuff that we were uh, talking about? I would say, you know, find, find a daily practice, have some kind of a daily practice, whatever that may be, you know, reading your religious texts, meditation, prayer, 12 step, yoga, whatever, whatever your practice is, you know, find your practice somewhere, somewhere where you can just sit quietly, sit in nature, hiking, whatever, and, and get, and the answers are all inside. If you can calm yourself down, get away, get away for a little while and self care, you know, and, and then start listening to the quiet voice that comes up because, you know, mindfulness is paying attention to the present moment on purpose, non-judgmentally, right? When you can do that, then you can start, then you can start being your authentic self. And then you start trudging your path, your path. You start finding out what your purpose is because we all have a purpose. I am so positively dead set on that. And, and the answers aren't in some book. You might get inspired, you know, and we, and, and that's great. But for me, in my own personal experience and leadership, it was organic and it was for me sitting quietly and just doing the next indicated step, you know, looking at people that had values that I appreciated integrity, not just some word on a patch, right? Like integrity, not shaking the, the, uh, tip jar when the Starbucks girl isn't looking. Just putting money in there when no one's looking, you know, just doing the right thing because it's the right thing to do, period. It's so being a man of your word, a woman of your word, because that's all we have. You know, people don't keep their word and they wonder why their relationships are falling apart. It's loyalty, honesty, and integrity. And, and be, the, be that person. And then just sit quietly, have a daily practice, go volunteer somewhere, go give your time away for free, doing something you love doing. Help people get what they want in their life and see how your life turns out. And it's usually from the wound. It's from our own struggle. <laughs> and a lot of people oh, don't want to look yeah. at that. Maddie, you mentioned, you know, that that you're a, a sober mentor now, of, so recovering alcoholic. Um, and you mentioned the 12-step program. Was that something that you took to right away? And I, I want you to maybe talk a little bit about your journey for those out there who are, you know, having the same kind of affliction, wanting to stop drinking, but don't really know how. What, were you a cold turkey kind of person or did you have to work all of the steps? Did it take time? Did you fall down, get back up? And, you know, yeah, how was that. that process for you? And obviously it's a, it's a program of attraction rather than promotion. It's, you know, but it works for me. It's, it works for me and I've fallen down before, but I'll tell you, they are some of the most loving, kind, amazing human beings on this planet. And I, I never thought that some of my mentors would be alcoholics. And they are, they are the, some of the loves of my life. And hands down, they've, they've walked me through so much. You know? Hello. Just kidding. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. wow. Uh, oh, uh, uh oh. Damn it. Um, 
Syl, was that, was that you? Uh, wow. You know what? That was me calling you just to see if your phone was on. You didn't, so. you didn't no, silence your cell phone thing. <laughs> I did that last time, Maddie. So uh, this brings yeah. me a great joy. Give me an example of the humility. Siren. Just, to, just to pump up old Sylvia's head a little bit. <laughs> we, um, we had never met. We just, we had a, an, a couple um, Zooms, I think, together. And we hit it off. And I just, I really wanted to meet her in person. And so I was out doing business development for the treatment center in out in Arizona. And because our, our schedules didn't really meet perfectly because she had some stuff going on and I, and I did too. So she offered to, this is the police chief, right? She offered to pick me up from, um, our counseling, it's like a counseling center or something that I was doing some work at and drive me to the airport. Because that was the only time that our schedules would meet up, and um, like who does? Like I, I remember thinking to myself, like, "Wow, like this is a police chief. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just a fireman. Like I'm out here just trying to, you know, trying to help people. You know what I mean? Like it was. It really spoke volumes of her, and it, that really put the stamp on, you know. And then I was like, I only seen her in, in her uniform. I'm like, she's kind of cute. So like. Her toenails were painted. She had a little sandals. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Weird, Maddie. We had an episode where I met a dude on a plane. And I was just going to say, Maddie, you know, as adorable as that is, um, you know, Sylvia, Sylvia meets people on airplanes that are assigned in the seat next to her and actually has the occasion to bring them home. Uh, so you should Wait, listen don't make to it weird. that. That podcast. Bob and I yeah. were friends for a couple months before he <laughs> out of my counter. I mean, but Maddie, I mean, here, here's the thing. I, I made a choice. I made a choice to connect with you in the very brief period of time that we had. And so you chose, I chose. You are doing incredible warrior work. And I felt that it was a, a humble privilege to just spend 30 minutes with you on the way to the airport, connect with you and say, how can I use perhaps my office, the authority that I've been given to give you a, a bare audience or support you in whatever way, expecting nothing in return. Um, so, okay, cool story, but Kristen, oh, here we go. She's no, 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 no. I want to, I, I really, I need to extrapolate this for just a moment because you, you had mentioned earlier, Maddie, that you yeah. lost some friends along the way. And I'm sure, you know, in that, that tribe of people that, you know, you drank with, but what happened between the two of you and how you made each other a priority is something so important that we need to keep talking about is it's, it's about, you know, we're not meant to go through this life solo and we have to seek out other people that fill our bunny uh and and truly find people who are like-minded and who elevate us but also call us on our bullshit um but just the idea that we're all busy every single one of us our calendars and it's like we take some sort of you know pride in that as oh i'm so busy i don't have time to meet but the truth is is that every single one of us can make the time for those we prioritize so kudos to both of you for making that connection and it's a lesson for every single one of us is we're not too damn busy you know to to have that conversation or to make that connection with another human yeah thank you there you go carry on Right. I, didn't, I didn't. I didn't give you shit, Syl. You were expecting right. me to give you shit, and I didn't give you shit. 
I will get to it after when it's not being reviewed. So, I mean, here's the thing that Maddie said to me, and I wrote this in my super black book that I've referred to before. I wrote uh, when I met Maddie that he said, pain is inevitable. Suffering is optional. And I wrote new light in this world equals Maddie Fiorenza, a warrior. And I knew that Maddie, you had a special story to tell that your struggle, your suffering, your experience, your emergence, your authentic and vulnerable self uh, would help someone else's story and their struggle. And you've done that. That is not a common thing, Maddie. Most people would keep that to themselves. What is it about you that brought all of that into the light of day to help create meaning and a pathway yeah, for you know, other I, people? You know, there were a lot of there were a lot of good people that came back for me, and I admired that. You know, I remember just suffering, like struggling. We talked about you know suffering. Just God, why? Like, what? Why can't I? stop doing these things why why can't i stop this thing from you know and i found somehow i found my way to you know to save a warrior where i saw shepherds come back and and share their experience and they were doing well and they were all hugging each other and you know they taught me how to meditate they just you know those men came back for me and and i i was like i want to do that like i want to do that and 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 then you know i slowly it, it became my prayer. And then, and then, Hey, you know, this person wants you to teach him how to meditate. Okay. I said, yes. I said yes to, you know, because I, you know, Victor Frankl's book, man's search for meaning. I, I, I wanted to find meaning in my suffering. Wow. It's so crazy, Maddie, because we reference that book quite often, Kristen and I, and uh, as really central to a lot of what has driven us as leaders. I have to say, uh, if you're to kind of close this with what fills your bunny, a, a real crisp kind of uh, description for everybody that's on this podcast, Dolly Parton, Oprah, you know, all the millions of all of them. What, what fills your bunny? Uh, you know, connection with other human beings. Yeah, and just yeah. having conversations that are deep and not surface, you know. I and listening to people's stories and and showing compassion for people's struggles and being of service, being a servant leader. What can I do for you? How can I help you? You know, that's what fills my button. And then not sharing it with anybody, just going about my day. So Kristen Zeman wrote a remarkable book, Imagining Blue. I'm going to send you a copy, Maddie, because uh, in a, although perhaps a different way, but in a me deeply meaningful and profoundly uh, vulnerable place, she tells her story. And I think yeah. you'll find it really remarkable. Uh, or maybe she can send you one that. and sign it. To review Firefighter Yeah, you yeah. put little Maddie. hearts and done. maybe a little bunny. Done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll put lipstick on and seal it with a kiss. Um, listen, I want to tell you, this is whatever comes out of California just seems like awesomeness. I mean, for both of you, Maddie, what a pleasure to meet you. You have truly illustrated what I have believed all along is that um, rock bottom is actually 
an opportunity for a new beginning. Mm -hmm. And so I know that you had to walk through that pain to get to where you are, but it, it speaks to your soul and your goodness, how you're helping people through, through their journey. So thank you so much for coming on the show today, for being our guest and for doing uh, all of the work yeah, that you're doing you out there in the world. Appreciate thank you. you. And Maddie, I will continue to support you. Uh, I am in deep and profound respect of being in your tribe to support you. And whatever that looks like, you are doing remarkable work for people and building their resilience. And you are really a, a remarkable man. So proud of you and keep doing your thing. We are going to wrap up the Hollow Bunny yes, podcast. We are. How are we going to do that, Kristen Zeman? Well, that's just it for the episode of the Hollow Bunny Leadership Podcast. If you like what we do, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. It makes a big difference in helping people find our little show. Your hosts are me, Kristen Zeman, and the beautiful Sylvia Moyer, and our executive producer is Ted Madden. And now I give you Jake Zeman and his friends, Fabian and Zoe, who created our very own Hollow Bunny Leadership theme song. Bye, everybody. Thank you. See you next time. Yeah.